I good here, cameraman? Good morning, everybody. I don't have a uh, sermon prepared today. I'm just going to kind of go through my story uh, and hope I can have an impact on one person today. Hope I can in inspire one person today. Um, I grew up a uh, single parent household. My dad was there on and off till about seven years old. Um, and then, then he left, he worked for roadway trucks. So I remember every time I saw a roadway truck pass by, I'd look to see if it was him. And I, eventually my mom got sick of me asking if that was him. Um, but it kind of left this, this whole, um, this father figure that I missed. Um, we didn't grow, grow up poor by any means. I mean, we, we sure we got the, the Thanksgiving box uh, from church a couple of years in a row. Um, and it was just a mentality. I remember being in Kmart, if you remember Kmart, um, in the checkout line and uh, grabbing a Snickers bar and going to ask my mom and then just putting it back because I knew the line. The, the line was just no extras. We can't afford it. That's, that's just kind of how we grew up. Um, I watched the other kids, you know, uh, they talk about things I didn't understand, MTV, because we didn't have cable. Uh, we got all the reruns on, on the WB-11 with the censored movies and, and, and such. Um, I think the biggest hole that it left in me was just, um, there was no guide in my story. Um, even to the point of like, how do you treat a woman properly? with respect. Um, I didn't have that growing up. Um, I didn't really have someone to show me the right way. So I started to find role models, like other men that I'd look to. And I'd, I'd look at them for a season and for a time until they disappoint. And something just happened and, and I couldn't, I realized I couldn't lean on them as role models. So what I started doing was just taking little pieces of, of what they were doing or what I liked about them and implementing them in my life. So I like what this guy does here, but I'm going to stop right there. I like what this guy does here. And that's kind of how I built myself was just little pieces of, of, of men that I looked up to through, throughout church and uh, wherever else I could see them. Um, I started out, um, I had, I had uh, just music had become my identity in high school. And uh, the harder, the better. I was an angry kid. Um, I didn't really have a purpose or a goal. Um, I see that a lot in teens now. If there's no purpose or, or no one to, to drive them or give them direction, they just become angry. Um, and that was me. That kind of became my identity. Uh, I didn't realize I was an artist or that I needed an outlet or that there were different forms of art because I couldn't paint really well. Um, so that really affected me. And it really, it really kind of just gave me a poor identity and a poor per, uh, sense of purpose. Um, I was saved early on as a kid, um, probably about five years old. Um, anybody remember Awana? <laughs> I had that Awana guilt, man. Uh, every time a pastor was up there and saying, you're going to hell, you know, I just, I don't want to go to hell. Like, okay, God, I don't know if the last one counted, but please, please save me now. Um, was kind of my approach to it. And uh, one day in high school, we had this speaker come in 
and uh, music was my identity. And he was saying some crazy stuff like, if it's not glorifying to God, get rid of it. Not to say that all secular music is a sin, but for me, it hit me differently. And I kind of had a reconciliation. I had albums and upon albums of music. And uh, I went through and I just trashed them all. I got rid of them. And uh, it's kind of like that, that verse in scripture where if your right hand causes you to sin, chop it off. I just got rid of everything. And what that was for me was getting rid of all distractions and finding a purpose that was greater than myself and greater than my identity at the time. And that really helped me get a better relationship with God. And at 16, I know they say you can have a clear, some people say you have a clear time when you went from dark side to light side uh, or from sin to, to, to pure. And for me, that was 16. Uh, I had all those other times before when I was young, getting saved over and over again. Um, but for me at age 16, that was that clear direction of turning away from something and turning to God. I remember coming home on the bus and just walking down the street and having like a conversation with God. I'd never been like so in tune before. Um, and it's a place that it, it, sometimes I long to get back to sometimes. Um, it was a journey to get there. And um Thanks. Thanks for bearing with me. <laughs> you know, I don't like being up here. Um, going through school, getting to college, um, it's really hard to stay on the right path. Um, I kind of floated around. I went to William Patterson University, uh, studied communications broadcasting. Um, two and a half years I went there and didn't really find a purpose. Uh, about uh, two and a half years into that journey, I switched over to Bergen, and within, uh, I'd say about two weeks, I was touching the $18,000 television cameras, and I was like, wow, in my glory. I went to my first editing class, and I went in there, and I opened up the this program, Final Cut Pro, and I got an instant headache, and I had to drop the class like two weeks later. Uh, something about me, I like to do things in extreme, so I, I went and I bought a bunch of, of gear, computer gear, camera gear. I just completely nerded out. I spent way too much money. I came back to school with this determination. And we had this teacher that came from Google. And they were like, he came from Google. He must know something about video editing. And uh, so I went into class. And I took the class. And by that time, I was two or three projects deep into my own work. And uh, I told my girlfriend at the time, who was, who was kind of like a, became another guide for me, I said, why don't you come to my class? And she's like, what do you mean come to your class? Can I, can I just walk into your class? I'm like, yeah, come to my class. And she sat there and she sat in the back and uh, she's like, where's the teacher at? And I'm like, it's, it's this guy right here. You mean the guy turning around asking you all the questions about video? I'm like, yep, that's the guy. And she's like, why, why are you here? And I'm like, I don't know. Um, at that point, I dropped out of college and decided to start my own business. And that's where my business journey kind of became. Um, in, in 2007, I started a video production company and, uh, I did a lot of friends weddings. I remember my, if you guys are business owners, you might remember your first dollar that you made. My first was $270 folded up in a church bulletin. I still have that church bulletin to today. It's so important to me, but, um, that's where I started out. 
the company was AJ Video. And uh, my wife at the time, or my girlfriend at the time, we joked around, it was Ashley and Jason. I just liked the catchy title, but really it was all Jason. Um, everything I can do, I was stubborn. I wanted to do it all on my own. I didn't need help from anybody. Um, and then I hired my first employee and I was like, wow, this is amazing. Uh, my girlfriend encouraged and interviewed, uh, helped me interviewed, but we had the same problems that most businesses have, the, the boom bust cycle. Like I had no idea what sales was. Um, I had no idea how to bring in a job and, and customer service and all that stuff. I just wanted to shoot great video. Um, fast forward a few years later, I'm getting married. Um, I need some benefits. Uh, so I got a day job uh, at the news. I was a hard news photojournalist. Uh, I had the 4 a.m. to noon shift, and uh, I kind of saw the underbelly of New Jersey. Every morning was fires, shootings, stabbings, murders. Um, it really kind of took a toll on me driving to these locations every day for the same thing. Um, I think the breaking point for me at that job was uh, my second 11-year-old's funeral. Um, the reporter kind of nudged me without even looking up and just said, get the mom. Make sure you interview the mom. And at that point for me, it was, I'm sitting there interviewing this weeping mom who just lost her kid. And I said to myself, I'm still justifying it. Maybe somebody will see this. Maybe somebody will learn. Maybe I won't be back here again. And I'd be back there the same, same thing next month, next week, next day sometimes. And at that point I started realizing like, maybe, maybe what I'm doing is causing more harm than good. So I started looking for a, a way to, to a way out, um, a way to be a light in a dark world. And I started meeting with my guide at the time in distress, like, what can I do? What can I do that's gonna be different? What do you wanna do, he said to me. And I said, well, video, I still think it has like the power to change lives, especially in our, our day and age with social media and the internet. I still think video is the best messaging out there. I don't know, whatever, whoever's gonna pay me, right? And he's like, let me rephrase the, the question. If money were no object, what would you do? And I thought about that <clears throat> for a good long time. Um, I remember a, a hard news still photographer from the record telling me about a guy by the name of Willie. And these guys saw a lot more than we did. Um, he said he's on the, on the corner of Dr. Martin Luther King Boulevard and Rosa Parks Boulevard. And for, for some reason, whenever streets are named after those people, a lot of stuff goes down. I've just come to find out uh, working with the news. And Willie was across from two burned down buildings. He was 70 years old um, and he had a full-time job and he took two empty plots of land and decided to grow a community garden in these two empty plots of land. Nothing would grow. He had to bring in his own dirt and, and, and soil just to get things to grow. And uh, he referred to himself as Deacon Willie Davis and was not ashamed of that. Um, the kids came in, he brought kids in, taught them, mentored them, taught them to work the dirt with, the, with their hands. And uh, if you, he had a, a farmer's market every other weekend. If you couldn't afford to donate, just take a bag, take a bag of fruits, take a bag of vegetables. He was a blessing in his community, a light in a very dark area. And what happened around him is that the community started building up. The, built, the burned down buildings across the street started getting rebuilt. 
community fridges were installed. He inspired other people around him. And I said to my guide, I was like, that, that right there, that's the story I would tell every day, all day. That's the one that could inspire the soccer mom from Wyckoff to start her own community garden or do something similar, or just to be empowered that she could, if we could only tell those stories. And at this point, my guide is just kind of like breaking down and saying, okay, that's perfect. There's no money in that, uh, but we're gonna figure it out. And if we do figure it out, I need to come along with you for this journey. Um, if you haven't figured it out, my guide was Matt at the time, and he was the one who kind of led me through that transition. Um, we had a long road and a long journey, um, but we found our niche, uh, and, and nonprofits was our niche. Nonprofits already have a lot of those stories within their walls and just don't have the means or the time or the ability to tell their story in, in, a, in a way that's going to be compelling. And that was something that I knew how to do and, and Matt knew how to do. So that became our, our journey and our mission to tell stories that inspire people to positive action in the world. And um, as we keep going, one of our goals is just to figure out how to do and how to work in kingdom work. We call it kingdom work within that plan. Um, but that's my story. Um, and I wanna leave you with two things as you uh, break out into, into uh, small groups, unless there's any questions, but who was someone that had an impact on your life? And think back to them and describe that impact and, and, and uh, what that situation was like. And then who is someone that, that you can have an impact on today?